on the Braves Sports Network here on this Wednesday. We have back-to-back coaches shows beginning with the Landon Bussey program. Nate Kilbert will join us a little bit later. Actually, assistant coach Lisa Powell will pinch hit for head coach Nate Kilbert. And Andre Payne will pinch hit today for Landon Bussey. Glad you could join us here on the Braves Sports Network, 91.7 WPRL at WPRL.org. And our Facebook page. 91.7 WPRL. We're going to talk some Braves basketball coming up. The Braves getting it done on the road. A lot of teams are getting it done on the road. The Braves have won three in a row on the road, and they're trying to make it happen yet again. Actually, four in a row on the road. If you look at the Florida swing, they won over Bethune-Cookman and FAMU, and they beat Valley as well as Arkansas Pine Bluff. There have been so many teams that have gotten it done on the road. Why is that? We have questions Maybe Coach Andre Payne has some answers. And we'll talk a little bit about Andre Payne's journey back to the SWAC. Of course, he was here under former women's head coach Courtney Pruitt. He was an assistant for the Lady Braves, and here he is, assistant for the men's program, was the head coach of Mississippi Valley on the men's side. So he's got some SWAC hours, some SWAC experience, and we'll talk about this Braves team as we try to get back on track. You can text a question, 601-301-2611. You can tweet a question on X Tall Man Radio. We'll take a one-minute break, and when we come back, we'll talk the week that was Braves basketball. Big wins over UAPB, who had beat Grambling a few days prior to our game. So what can we expect? You know, Grambling goes down. Alabama A&M the other day. Southern's in first place alone. What can we expect here the rest of the way? We'll talk about it with assistant coach Andre Payne after this timeout here on the Braves Sports Network. Founded in 1920, the Southwestern Athletic Conference has produced some of the most iconic names in sports. Alabama A&M, Alabama State, Alcorn State, Bethune-Cookman, Florida A&M, Grambling State, Jackson State, Mississippi Valley State, Prairie View A&M, Southern, Texas Southern, and the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff have united to embark on a new era of greatness. The Southwestern Athletic Conference, building champions for life. Here at Alcorn, we understand that we share some commonalities with one another. So in some ways, we're already family. Seeing everybody, seeing more people that like look like me and had the same mannerisms as me, it was fantastic. The variety of people here really made me feel at home. When I stepped on campus, it felt like I was supposed to be here. When they say the grass is greener here, they really mean it. Welcome you back to the Davey Whitney Arena on this Wednesday. Glad you could join us for back-to-back coaches shows. Assistant coach Lisa Powell will pinch hit for Nate Kilbert coming up next. But right now, Andre Payne pinch hitting for Landon Bussey on the Landon Bussey program here on the Braves Sports Network, 91.7 WPRL and WPRL.org. And we are also on our WPRL Facebook page, Facebook Live. You can Give us a call if you could text a question, 601-301-2611, and you can also tweet a question. All right, let's talk some Braves basketball. Assistant Coach Andre Payne joining us here on the program, pinch hitting for Landon Bussey here on this Wednesday. Coach, we appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me. 
um, this has been uh, a pretty nice run here, getting it done on the road. We got to get it done right here on this floor. I think that's probably the next step of this thing. Yes, indeed. But, uh, and we have five at home and two on the road as the schedule flips after last weekend. But it's good to win on the road. It's never easy to win on the road. And, you know, let's not discount Mississippi Valley, a winless team, and yet they gave us some fits. Pine Bluff coming off the big win at Grambling, so you're catching a Pine Bluff team. That felt pretty good, and yet we were able to get it done on the road. So just, just talk about this last road trip, what were some of the keys, and, and just trying to stay focused. Well, one of the big things was is defensively. We were able to go out there and impose our will defensively on them. Uh, you know, that's a big key to Coach Bussin in, in, this, in this program is to go out and every night we hit the floor uh, to make sure that we're trying to hold team to a minimum, uh, making sure that we're rebounding, that we're defending, playing help, great help defense. And uh, that's just a big part of what, what we do, and that's our DNA. How tough has that been able to sell, especially with yourself and two new assistants trying to learn what Landon Bussey wants out of each and every day and he even talked about it how this is kind of a new team not exactly but some new pieces on the staff some new pieces on the roster and, and it has not been an easy transition it was tough non-conference how much you got done with that and then stepping into conference the loss of Jackson State we got a little bit going but then we lost the last two at home and trying to get back going four in a row uh, on, on the road just talk a little bit about just the adjustment just learning everyone learning what Landon Bussey has to offer and just the intensity he brings? Well, I mean, for me, it, you know, I'm a defensive guy myself, uh, but it's always uh, an adjustment because you're learning the style and play in which your head coach want to implement within his program. Uh, I think for the assistant coaches, it was uh, it's not as tough, always tougher for the players because, you know, they want to put points up. Uh, and, and, we've, and we've improved in that area too. Um, so once the guys have started, they've started to buy in and understand the direction in which we're going because as, as Coach Buss is our leader, he's shown us and given us directives in, in the way that he wants to go. And, hey, now it's all about us just following his direction. And he's about as intense as it gets. And we're at kind of at a – I wouldn't say at a tipping point, but we're at a critical point of the season in the last couple of weeks. I mean, losing two here and then having to win on the road, which is never easy. I mean, we were kind of slip sliding down the rails there, but we kind of got it back on track. So let's start with UAPB, uh, a team that beat Grambling five nights earlier. So you look at the UAPB coach, a team that makes a lot of threes. They get out and run, but they're still a three-point shooting team. I think they were number one in three-point makes going into that game. So what was the challenge when you look at this lineup with Milton, Martin, Pitt, French, Joe French, who was the Bethune-Cookman transfer, and where? What were some of the challenges in the scout and getting ready for UAPB? Well, we knew we had to guard up. Uh, we knew we had to gun, guard beyond the three-point line. And so uh, having three or four days to prepare for that, I think that helped us tremendously. Uh, we, we made sure that we made the adjustments, uh, having to have, have help rotation defense, that we were able to do that, but at the same time able to recover out quickly on those shooters because we knew what those guys could bring. I mean, they have a reputation of shooting it three or four feet way, away from the three-point line, and, and that's what we worked on all, all those days. I remember Joe French when he was at Bethune-Cookman. He was a three-point specialist there. I don't know what happened there, but he transferred to UAPB, and he's very much an integral part of that three-point shooting machine. Talk about what that piece and how it kind of enhanced UAPB, especially in the backcourt. 
Definitely. I mean, he, he, brings, he brings another flow to their game. I mean, when uh, French has the ball, he opens up the court for so many of, their, uh, of his teammates. Uh, but one thing that we did discover as we watched film that he wasn't a great ball handler and he wasn't a great defender. So, honestly, we played defense with offense because we put him in a lot of ball screen uh, situation. That was something that Coach Bussey uh, – wanted to do and he stressed all week long that's what we were going to do we were going to make him defend and not only just him but his teammates because if you if typically you find a team that shoots a lot of threes they're not the greatest defensive team you know they they want to get out and go and let it fly and so we made our offense become a defensive unit for us too you know a defensive mechanism rather and then for us you know we made some changes in the starting lineup um you look at that Peugeot started in that game with Byron Joshua, Jalen Hawkins, Jeremiah Gambrell, and Jeremiah Kendall. We've seen some changes in the starting lineup here of late. Just talk about the little tweaks there to the starting five. You know, we have uh, a unique team. Uh, we have eight guys that probably could start for us, to be honest with you, and that's a blessing for us. Uh, and so t sometimes we just make adjustment to the team that we're going to play uh, in, in case, you know, in our situation, injuries. Uh, when Michael come in the game and he's able to produce right away, you're talking about an undersized post player, 6'2", that went out and I think he may have had like seven, eight rebounds that game. I mean, any time that you can do that, then you know that you have a lot of pieces that you can throw at people. And so that's what we take our pride in that. Uh, when one man goes down, the another one, the another one uh, is up. And so, uh, you know, it worked out for us, and, and we're thankful that we have those pieces to throw at people. And, of course, uh, Peugeot stepping in for Bayard, who's not 100%. We'll talk about that as we roll along. So let's look at that Pine Bluff game. It was 29-28 at the break, kind of back and forth. You know, we were up, and then they made a run, and it was kind of a tipping, nip and tuck game, one-point game at the break. Talk about the first 20 minutes, kind of did it kind of play into what you were looking for. Yes, we knew it would be a tough game. Uh, the crowd was great there. I think they had a great crowd there. Um, the, you know, they started off the game. We were, we were defensively into the game, but we weren't able to, to score like we wanted to. But um, as long as you have defense, you can keep yourself in the game until, you, until you're able to score. And that's what happened for us. And we were able to get, get out and get some runs. Uh, which allowed us to go in halftime with, with the one-point lead. So we felt good. Anytime you go into halftime on somebody else's floor, you know, you, that's always a, a step up for you. We extended the lead. We were up by as many as seven kind of early in the second half. And Pine Bluff made a little bit of a push. Then their head coach got a technical foul, which kind of swung the momentum. It was kind of a four-point possession, if you remember. So they got a couple of free throws. And just when you thought Pine Bluff was making another push in that second half, with their coach gets a tech, and then we just kind of take over from there. I'm sure you notice with this team, one of the things that coach talks about is when they hit, we quickly strike back and take the crowd out of it. I'm sure you've seen that in a lot of the road games in conference. And how important is that, especially in that situation where, I guess in this case, Pine Bluff took themselves out of it because they were making a push, the coach gets a tech, it was a four-point possession, and I think from that moment on, I think a lot of the air went out of their sails. Definitely. I mean, it's so ironic that you say that because the, the next scout of Mississippi Valley was my scout. And one of the things that I reiterated to the guys, I said, hey, we have to take uh, Valley crowd out of it just like we did Pine Bluff. And that was a big key to our success up there at Pine Bluff. Uh, you know, because th uh, like I said, they had a good number of fans there. But eventually it was solid. 
And to be honest with you, the only thing you could hear is Coach Buster giving instruction on the floor. And so I felt very good when I knew that we had quiet, quiet in their fans because uh, they're student bodies. They, of course, they were sitting right behind us, and they were talking a lot of trash. Uh, but by the middle of the second half, uh, they weren't saying very much, and so I knew that we were on the right track. Well, they cut it to five with 521 left, and then we went on a run. Thorne hit a three to put us up eight, and then that was kind of the final nail. Speaking of Thorne, We've been talking about his development. It's been kind of a struggle for him in non-conference. It seems like the last several games he's trying to find a stroke. Definitely. Uh, as you can see, he, he has starting to come off the bench for us like our sixth man. And, uh, and he's played that role well from my understanding of what Coach Buzzett has told me, that that's what the role that he played in the, in the past for the, for the school, for the team, rather. And, uh, and I think he's just comfortable in that role. When he comes off the bench, he get a chance to analyze and see what's going on on the floor. And once he hits the floor, I mean, um, I call him Mr. Bionic, man. His arms are so long. He gets, he gets so many deflections. And he's a big part of, of our success and what we've had in these last few games. Um, his minutes are probably still about the same, just the difference is he coming off the bench playing those minutes. And you as a former head coach, I'm sure you know his story as well as Peugeot. They're both walk-ons on the end of this program. And for those two, to be walk-ons coming into this program and to be where they are, getting minutes, making things happen. Um, just the development, as a former coach yourself, you know, to see stories like that, uh, I'm sure it, it kind of puts a smile on your face knowing that you can work your way up and into a certain situation. Definitely, I mean, you know, you have to give Coach Bussy great credit for that, to take two young men as walk-ons and to develop them where they're now good enough to get a scholarship on the develop one, on um, Division One level. I mean, that's kudos to him because, you know, it, it, a lot of coaches won't deal with walk-ons. So, uh, you know, I have to say he's done an outstanding job in developing guys. And, and, and to be honest with you, on this level, that's what you have to do. Sometimes you don't, you don't, all the you don't get a chance to get, uh, you know, the top-tier players. So you take those players that are what I call decent players, and in two or three years, now they're outstanding players for you. Well, the Braves win 68 to 56. Jeremiah Kendall with 16. Jeremiah Gamble with 13 points. Thorne with 11 points off the bench. Good scoring. Everyone who contributed, everyone who played contributed in the game. Uh, the one area, though, coach, has been uh, kind of a thorn a little bit. No pun intended. We're talking about thorn. A thorn in our side. Free throw shooting. The last couple of games, we were, you know, 13 of 24 against UAPB. We've had our struggles from the line. Uh, how much of a speech is that? And, and Coach said it's going to be something you're going to be working on the next couple of days. At this level, at this point of the season, you shouldn't really be talking about free throws, but uh, we're talking about free throws, at least not making them anyway. Well, definitely. I mean, you, you don't want to be talking about them, but we both know you've been in this profession a long time, seen a lot of basketball games. It happens. And sometimes what happens is once you started talking about it, that's when players are starting to get a little nervous. I, I think we're going to be just fine. Uh, of course, as, uh, as coaches, what we're doing now, we're implementing more free throws uh, within practice. Um, and, and, you know, definitely when they're tired to be able to step to the line and make them. Um, so, you know, Coach Buster has, he, you know, he brought it to our attention in the staff meeting because he's huge on looking at statistics. And that's one area that he's emphasized that we have to improve in. And I totally understand where he's coming from because when you are going down the stretch and headed to the SWAC tournament, you definitely want to be able to step up to the line and, and you know, at least shoot 80% for the night. Well, it looks like we got back a little bit to our defensive principles. You know, we gave up 78 against Grambling. Uh, 71 against Southern University. 
uh, 67 against Bethune-Cookman. You know, we're getting back a little bit, and even Coach talked about defensively seeing some improvement here lately. What are you seeing in the biggest improvement defensively over the last two-plus games? Just the guys rotating. I mean, and, and communicating on the floor. It's amazing to sit over there and, and, and hear those guys communicating and talking to each other and pointing and giving direction. And that's that's the thing. That's huge. Uh, one of the things we've, we've done better at, uh, we've uh, been rebounding rebounding defensively. And that, that's helped us out tremendously. So Because you don't want to play defense for 27 seconds and then the team shoot a ball and now they get the rebound, offensive rebound, and now you got to play defense for 20 more seconds. And so uh, – uh, coach has been emphasized because that's 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 coach DNA that defense and believe me we have gotten in the gym and we've worked on it and, and you can see the results you talk about communication I've been you know, fortunate or I guess unfortunate to be when I come into the arena especially on the road you get a chance to watch some of these other teams and their shoot around and you know you catch the tail end of it and every coach that we've that I've seen, that I've had a chance to watch their practices, even if for a minute or two, I can hear it in the hallway when I'm standing out in the hallway. You got to talk. You got to talk. You got to communicate. You got to talk. You got to talk on defense. You got to talk. That's a challenge, unfortunately, in this game. And I've heard, I've heard coaches all throughout the league say the same doggone thing. You got to communicate on defense. You got to talk. That's a challenge. Why is that a challenge? Well, you know, there – the athletes these days, you know, they 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 have some selfishness within them, and so they can think they can get things done on their own. But that's why you have five people on the floor, because it takes a, a, a unit of five to be able to go out there and accomplish the goal of winning. Well, you got to be able to communicate. Uh, that's simple as that. Anything that you're doing with somebody else, you have to have communication, you know. And so uh, whether it's two, five, eleven, or whatever sport it is, you have to be able to communicate but so that you're on one accord. And our guys are buying into that now. Uh, they're, they're repeating. Uh, when Coach Bussey yells out a play or a defensive scheme, you can hear all five of them repeating that. And that is great because now if, you know, if there's three people on the floor thinking that you're playing a trap, but two of them thinking you're playing a relaxed defense, you know, that can become a, a huge problem. And so that's been huge for us to communicate, whether it was switching, trapping, or whatever defense terminology you want to use. That wise communication is so important for us. Yeah, you got to communicate on defense. You got to know what's going on behind you. I mean, you sneak, a guy sneaks in behind you, you got to communicate, got to know, got to slide over, all those things. As the Braves get it done against UAPB. And now, Coach, we make the two hour trek from Pine Bluff, Arkansas to Itabina, Mississippi, where you're very familiar with Mississippi Valley, with a head coach there. I saw you walking into the gym um, and, uh, you know, talk about that and just coming back to, to Mississippi Valley, a place where you kind of cut your teeth in the swag. Definitely, definitely. I mean, it was definitely exciting, uh, definitely memories. Uh, I was the first head coach to the coach in that new facility. Uh, had a, I have a lot of good memories there. Um, so it, it was fun going back. But, um, I, you know, someone asked me and said, uh, Coach, uh, do you feel sorry for Valley? I said, no, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I, I enjoy the, the relationship, in, you know, that I have there, uh, the people that I've met. But, you know, it, we, had, we was there to take care of business, and that's what we did. 172 to 55, and it's the proverbial trap game. Valley on winless on the season, winless in conference. 
what, what's deceiving about that record as you looked at them and as you scouted them? What was deceiving about it? I mean, you can't be fooled by the record. There's something is positive there. You talk about George Ivory, was the coach at UAPB, was interim AD at Valley, now the coach there. The 2-3 zone, that's, that's his calling card. That's where he's earned his money in this league. But it didn't see a lot of that, though, in, the, in this game for whatever reason. But still, it's something you had to prepare for. Oh, definitely. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier in the program, uh, uh, Valley was actually my scout. Um, and George, like you said, he's a veteran coach. And so whenever you're going against a veteran coach, you know there are some tricks that he has in his bag. And so uh, we wanted to be prepared for whatever he can throw uh, at us. And we knew he would play some zone. We thought it would be a little more. I think he played more man because he wanted to speed it up. Uh, but uh, we were able to handle whatever he, whatever he throwed at us. I, I feel that um, – that our guys were prepared mentally uh, because of our scout. You know, well, I, you know, I told the guys that, hey, uh, don't look at their record because this is an uh, in-state rivalry. Uh, uh, these guys, I told them, I said, this is their – they already know they're out of the SWAC tournament. I said, but they, they, they feel if they can get upset over us and Jackson State, you know, that will make their year. I said, but we're not going to allow them to have an upset on us tonight. And uh, I think the guys took that to heart. And, uh, we, you know, we came out of handling business. And like I say, with Coach Bussey, you know, there's never a dull moment in practice. And he, and he keeps the guys going. That's one thing I say. So they were ready. We were ready mentally. We were ready physically. Because under the leadership of Coach Bussey, you're going to be there. You're going to be ready mentally and physically. Well, we had to be ready for Raekwon Brown, who was leading the league in scoring. And he had 20 in the first half. So that was kind of concerning. We – Held him to six in the second half. He had 26 for the game, but uh, he was getting his spots and he was he was knocking that stuff down. Definitely. I mean, uh, we knew. Uh, we said he was a capable three-level scorer, you know, from the three, beyond the three, mid-range, and at the basket. Uh, we didn't know he was going to be that good at <laughs> beyond the three. Uh, he was just – he was having one of those Steph Curry moments. I mean, everything he touched, everything he threw up was going through the basket. And uh, one thing Coach reiterated at halftime, like, guys, just keep playing, keep closing out, keep doing your job. Uh, he will eventually miss. Of course, we put a little more – emphasis on guarding him and, and, and shading, shading him the way that we wanted him to go in the second half. And fortunately, we were able to slow him down. But, you know, it happens. You know, it happens in the game of basketball. That guy, that guy gets that lucky hand, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, and we shut him down in the second half, just holding him to six points. It's one of those that I felt like, Coach, that if we contained him, then someone else was going to have to step up. And it was a lot of complimentary scoring but really no one else stepped up for Valley. They had some scores against Jackson State two nights earlier, but we really kept everyone else in check, and we really kind of took Brown out of his game. What was the key to slowing him down in that, in that second half? Well, we, we played a little more aggressive with him. Um, we put uh, a couple guys on it that had a, a little more length uh, to be able to distract that, that three-point shot. And I think once we'd done that, it kind of took him out of his rhythm. Um, and once we took him out of his rhythm, uh, we shut down their go-to guy, and we knew he was the go-to guy. The Braves win 72-55 to 55 in that game. Jeremiah Kendall with 20 points, got hit in, that, got hit in the forehead. Uh, Landon Bussey got a technical. I mean, I didn't see it. He clearly was upset about it. Jeremiah Gamble with 15 points, Byron Joshua with 10 points, and Thorne off the bench, off the bench with 11 points. Um, Coach Sinkovich, Alex Sinkovich, kid from Belarus, gave us some minutes the other night. I'm kind of seeing a little bit of growth and development from him. He's on the floor more. 
He's throwing his body around more. There's just some of the things that uh, he's improving on in the post. Oh, definitely. You know, Alex is a big guy, uh, you know, 6'10", 230. Um, you know, it's, it's no secret. He he doesn't have some of the athleticism of some of the guys, and it's a little tough sometimes for him to move, but he has improved. He's one of the hardest-working uh, players that we have, just to be honest with you. Uh, and as you said, that you can see now he's starting to play more and more minutes. And where I think is really going to come and play for us is when we get to the SWAC tournament. As I say, we're facing a team like TSU who have a 6'9", 6'10", or Alabama State who has a 7-footer. You know, that's when you really need Alex to go out there because, you know, like I said before, you've been around long enough to know that you can't coach size, and that's what he does present for us, coach size. And he allowed when he's in the ball game. He allowed uh, J.K., Jeremiah Kimball, to be able to be guarded by somebody his his tip, you know, his size and versus being guarded by somebody that's maybe three inches tall and 15 pounds heavier. Alec kind of gives him a relief where the bigger guys guard him. And speaking of a big guy, Benet had opportunities in the Valley game. And I was talking with Coach Busty about it after the game. Just can't finish. Just can't put it in the hole. And you got to continue to work with him on that. He's getting there, but you got to finish it. Definitely, definitely. Well, we're, we're excited uh, about what, you know what he brings to the table, and we know he'll put it in. You know, uh, he's a big, strong kid, uh, hard worker, and and that's why you know at the beginning of the show I was saying that we have so many pieces we can throw at people. Uh, although he didn't put the ball in the basket, he had six rebounds. Yeah. Um, that probably was more rebound than all the reserve post players uh, together for Mississippi Valley, what they had. So, you know, that's where I look at I look at the positive. Maybe he didn't score a bucket, but he had six rebounds. That was great. That was really important. Um, we're going to look ahead, of course, to Bethune-Cookman. They'll be here. Bethune-Cookman, near the top of the league. And I posted a story, I reposted a story on my Facebook page that came out about Bethune-Cookman led by head coach Reggie Theus and the job that he's done. And they're right there near the top of the league. So we'll be talking about that. Coach, uh, recruiting. You and I talked about recruiting um, before we went on. This is the kind of open period until the end of the month. Once March rolls around, the door's shut as far as recruiting with the tournaments and all that. How is We got a text. How is recruiting looking going forward? Oh, definitely. I mean, we're, we're on several kids here in Mississippi. Um, uh, we're, you know, of course, we're um, in the state of Texas looking at some guys. Um, I think we're going to be just fine. You know, the, the, the portal is going to open up. Um, so with recruiting now, um, one thing you have to have is patient, finding the player that fits your program. And I think that's why Coach Buss has been so successful here because he's had enough patience to find the right fit for a program. A lot of coaches just go at, uh, this kid can score. I want him. But – are you can this kid defend you know uh can he defend and you are more of defensive style coach and so that's why i have to give credit to coach he found he's been patient to find the kids that fit his program yeah and uh this is that time of year in which uh talent is, is all over the place a lot of high school tournaments high school championships and the like before we get into our preview coach we we are a little bit banged up um Bayard was not on this last trip. Talk about his situation and how's it looking here as we come home. Oh, he should be back. Uh, he had a little knick-knack injury there that we wanted to get get better. Um, you know, we're, we're thankful at this point in time that we don't have anybody seriously injured that we know of. Um, of course, as you go through a, a brutal season uh pre-swag and then going into the swag which is one of the toughest leagues you're going to have some some uh, guys to get injured and we're fortunate to be one of the teams that 
uh, a lot of our key guys are, are playing and able to continue to play versus having to sit them out. And then Masanat went down here um, two home games ago. Talk about his status. Right now we're waiting on the results of his MRI. Uh, you know, preferably he's going to be okay. Uh, we, we, you know, we have to wait and see because he were, you know, he was playing some especially some good defensive key mi minutes for us. Uh, we'll see how, you know, what happens here. And, uh, but as I stated earlier, you know, when, I, when one goes down, the, ne next, the next player is up and ready to go for us. And that's, that's uh, exciting for uh, the one excitement thing for this, this program here. Well, we hope for a speed recovery for both. As we get ready for this next homestand, Coach, an important homestand as we continue to try to climb up in the standings. Let's look at what we've got coming up next. We've got Bethune-Cookman, the Wildcats rolling in here. And as we pull up the standings here, Coach, Bethune-Cookman is 7-4. and four. They're two games out of first place. There's a three. There's a two-way tie for third. Southern is in first place in themselves. Grambling in second. As you look at the standings there, uh, and you look at where we are, Coach, at six and five with Jackson State, as well as UAPB at five and six, a three-way tie with Alcorn, Jackson State, and Alabama State. So Bethune-Cookman, give us your thoughts on what we can expect here the second go-round, a game in which we just got out of Daytona with a 70-67 to win. Oh, definitely. I mean, they have probably one of the best scoring point guards in the country in Zion. I mean, he can put that ball in the hole. I think Zion was, Harmon. Zion Harmon, yes. Uh, I think he was a four-star athlete coming out of high school. Uh, Hetty, uh, who's a 6'6 wing uh, slash forward, uh, who can give you um, 18, 20 points on any given night. Uh, those guys, man, they, they have they – have they honestly have five or six guys that can give you double-figure points. And so that, that's the scary thing about him. You never know who is going to come out there and score. And, uh, but the good thing about it, we play defense. <laughs> so um, uh, we're, we're going to get ourselves prepared. It was a dog fight down there in their gym. Uh, we were thankful to come out with the win. Went On down national to the television. Wire. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. It went down to the wire. It was probably one of the most exciting games that I've ever been a part of. And we're looking forward to hosting them here. And uh, but once again, we coming in. We we are ready to get the win. We feel like that our defense is good enough, and with our offense picking up the way it is, that we definitely can handle anything that they throw at us. And then FAMU comes in here. You look at Florida A&M right now. They are two and nine in eleventh place. But what's deceiving about that two and nine? Because they played so many games close. You know, um, there have been several nights or days after our game out look at the ticker and and see what they're doing i'm like wow they lost in the last second i i think the last game they just lost here in the last second to texas southern um and so they, they are a scary team uh they have a couple guards that are really good and they can shoot it and they have a big guy in the middle that uh he's about 610 probably about 260 and he's a low to deal with and so they, you know, those one of the, those are the teams that can sneak up on you. You know, you have to let your guys know, don't look at their record. Don't worry about, you know, what the win and loss columns. Just follow the scouting report. Come every day in practice ready to perform, ready to get prepared, because we don't want a team like that to upset us. And we've seen many an upset at home. Teams are struggling at home. We've struggled at home. Jackson struggled at home. Grambling has struggled at home. Texas Southern has struggled at home. It's been uh, tough for the home teams. And, Coach, finally, we got to get back on track 
here at home. The last two games against Grambling and Southern weren't too pretty. If we're going to stay in the, in the conversation for the top of the bracket, we got to get it done here. we got five here and two on the road. Definitely. I mean, you always want to protect home. You know, it is, it's, it is you know, we, we're trying to figure it out like, Come on now, we could go on the road and perform and do the things that we need to do to come out with a W. We need to be able to do those same things here. But the, as a staff, uh, Coach Bussett has, we've, he has some ideas and some things that we're going to implement. And uh, I think we're going to fix, you know, uh, uh, the little kinks we have at home. I think we'll be just fine. Coach, we appreciate it, man. Continue yes, success. Let's, let's get this one here at home, these next two. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. That's uh, assistant coach Andre Payne, pinch hitting for Landon Bussey. We'll take a timeout here, a two-minute break. Lisa Powell, boy, she was popular the last time she was on this stage. She's back. It's pinch hitting for Nate Kilbert. She'll join us. Lady Brace got back on track. There's a pathway forward to make the top eight. We'll talk all about it in two minutes with the Nate Kilbert Show coming up after this. Time out. 